welcome once again to the Believe in the Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Bo Smolka, joined by my co-host, former Ravens tight end, Daniel Wilcox. And the Ravens, the rested Ravens, come out of the bye and host the Carolina Panthers this week. And we're going to break down that game and get a sense of where the Ravens are at this midway point of the season, coming with a three-game winning streak as they begin the season's second half. Before we do that, I want to remind you that all Believe in the Ravens podcasts are sponsored by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. As your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports NBA, NHL. The NFL, Major League Baseball when it's happening, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your reward. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Daniel Wilcox, the Ravens, the rested Ravens, they have only played one game since October the 27th with a weird scheduling they played on a Thursday night, so they had a mini-bye. Then they played on a Monday night, November the 7th at New Orleans. And then they had their bye. So they have played one game since October the 27th. And after all this scuffling, they're 6-3 and three, and in a really good spot right now heading into their second half of the season. John Harbaugh, historically, his teams have done very well coming out of the bye. They are 11-3 and three in the game immediately after the bye. But take me in that locker room, Daniel Wilcox, as a player this week with the long weekend off, and actually John Harbaugh gave them the entire week off. What's the mood of players when you come back into this building this week after the bye week? You get that (laughs) feeling, Bo. You know, when you get back, you're like, man, we're back, dog. We had a nice little vacation. And it's very rare that during the football season you get a complete week off. So these guys got to be really well rested, you know, plenty of treatment, plenty of therapy over the break. And also, you know, just getting away with their families. You know, a wise guy by the name of Chris Hayes, we used to call him Pedo. Um, he played with me in New York when I was with the Jets. And everybody called me Shorty when I was in the league because, you know, I'm from Atlanta. So we always say Shorty this, Shorty that. So they started calling me Shorty, right? So Chris Chris Hayes, Pedo, used to say, hey, Shorty, man, anytime you get a break shorty he's he's one of those ogs from cali you know he's like you get, every time you get a break shorty you just got to get completely away you just can't take you can't think about football when you get a break you got to just get completely away because we're so over consumed with what we do for a living that this is the, when you take these little breaks these little nuggets of energy boosters you have to take them and get refreshed you know completely dump football for a complete week Go get on the beach somewhere with the missus, the kids, pull the kids out of school. Who cares? You know, just go get you a nice little vacation, man, and come back. Take at least three, four of those days to get away. Still get you a workout in. But when you get back, you're refreshed. You're ready to roll. You're appreciative of the break. And you're thankful that your schedule is the way that it is. And now you're back in the locker room with your teammates who you're happy to see. You kind of miss. You know, your kids don't drove you crazy for that one week that you was out. (laughs) You were thinking it was a good idea to get away with them. And all of a sudden you realize, you know, what football does to pull you 
away from them from time to time to give you that break from being a parent just for a small period of time. And, and you know, when you get back into that locker room, man, you're happy to see your teammates. You're happy to go back to work. You're refreshed to see what the new game plan is going to be for the new team that you're going to play this week, who luckily is the Carolina Panthers. And I, I think I think it's a blessing, you know, to have the Panthers on your schedule right now, you know, with, uh, with, with you know, with them struggling the way they've struggled this year. You got really Christian, Christian McCaffrey. Why they did that, I have no idea. But, you know, and then, you know, going back and forth with the quarterback battles they've been having all season, you know, this is one of those games that can sneak up and bite you on the rear end or you can be totally dialed in and totally tuned in and you come in here and smack these guys the way you're supposed to, put up at least 35 points on them and come out of this thing feeling pretty good about the break that you just had and the time off that you had to spend with your family and um, the time away from work, you know. So this is a refreshing moment right now for us as players, Bo. We come back into the locker room energized, charged, refreshed some of those bumps and bruises have had a chance to heal a little bit you know i had i got a cut right before the bye week right before that monday night game now the cut had a chance to close up because i ain't have to run every single day and open that big wound up that's on my knee the knee has actually got a chance to to, to heal so a lot of these guys are going to be excited to be back and ready to play ball it's interesting we talked to lamar jackson yesterday after practice and someone asked him hey you know the team was really rolling three wins in a row before the mm-hmm. bye. Did any part of you want to just keep on playing? And he said, no, we needed a break. I mean, you play all those games in a row. You need a break at some point. You can't grind it out week after week after week for 17 weeks. You need a break at some point. And yeah. it did come as they were playing really well. But And that's, you know, that's a concern. But I don't think with the schedule they have upcoming, they should be too worried about that momentum. But we'll get to the Panthers in a minute. Before they do that, I want to briefly get back to their last game. They played the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, which on paper looked like a tough game for them when this schedule was announced. And they went down there and just flat out beat the Saints in every way, winning 27-13. to It was the first game for new Ravens linebacker Roquan Smith, who they traded for at the trade deadline, came in and played inside linebacker, had only practiced with the team a few days, and then Mm -hmm. played almost every down for them. What was your takeaway watching Roquan Smith in his first game as a Raven? Loved it. Exactly what we was missing. You know, I just felt like he came in. He was a nice little spark for us. I felt like the guys buzzed around. They played with a little bit more juice. They knew they had another dominant presence in the middle of the field. He definitely made our linebacking core stronger. I felt like everyone looked better. You know, I felt like Houston played well. Um, Just across the board, when I started looking at us as a defense, you know, I just felt like we just got extremely better by adding him on. Patrick Queen started to look a lot better. You've seen um, Marlon Humphreys come up and make plays at the line of scrimmage. you just seen guys really buzzing around, man. And I, I think that's what the Ravens' defense has always been. You know, it's, it's like a flock of bees. Like, you touch that honey, that honeycomb, and all of a sudden they're all over your hands. And that's how the Ravens' defense usually is, right? And it's like you want those guys. You want all 11 guys to the ball. And I started to get a sense of us playing that way again. And and I felt like we was missing, missing one little piece. Of course, with Mike McDonald coming in, you know, being a new D.C., and you're changing heads right there, it's going to take some while and some adjustments and stuff to kind of get back to the, the form of being the Baltimore Ravens' defense. And I, I think right before the break, we just started to kind of turn that corner. I think we had that one game, Bo, and I felt like we turned the corner in the secondary. I felt like as a defense, that Saints game was a turning point for our defense. And hopefully we're getting back to playing Baltimore Raven football. I mean, we still only rank like number th- number third in the league as far as rushing defense, which is remarkable. You know, considering, you know, I felt like we hadn't played that well 
you know, early on in the season. But I, I think a lot of that is due to the fact that we was giving up so many yards passing and that our offense have been so explosive that we've always played, you know, ahead. You know, most games mm-hmm. we've been ahead majority of the game and then they threw the ball on us so much. You know, most, most a lot of teams are throwing the ball 40, 50 times on us. That's because we're pinning our ears back and coming out there because we got a lead early on in the game. You know, so in order for them to stay in the game, they have to throw the ball more than run the ball. So I think a part of that is 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 that's why we're you know ranked three third in the nation right now um, on rushing defense. But at the same time, you know you got to take your hats off to to Mike McDonald being a first year defensive coordinator. You know had a bunch of riffs and, and ruffles early in the season with miscommunications and stuff like that in the secondary, and a lot of that stuff is starting to be cleaned up. And we're starting to get on the same page and we're starting to, I think, buy in to what Mike McDonald is doing, you know, with the defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how the break has helped the coaching staff, because just like the players need a break, they need a break. A lot of times they're in the office late, late, late at night, early, early, early in the morning. Some of them actually make beds on their couches and sleep in the office and don't even go home because they got so much work to do. You know, so it'd be kind of interesting to see how well they come back off the break and how refreshed they are and, you know, things that have you know, those light bulbs that dinged in their head while they was away on the beach somewhere. And, oh, my God, I forgot about that. We should do this. And, you know, you start to implement things that you probably haven't implemented. And now you realize exactly how much talent you have by by bringing somebody like Roquan Smith onto a defense that's already pretty much stacked. Marlon Humphrey said almost exactly as you said yesterday. We talked to Marlon Humphrey after practice. He was effusive in his praise for Roquan Smith and what he brings to this defense. But he said, really, in that game, he felt for the first time it felt like a complete Ravens defense. He said, over in the early games, we'd have stretches where we played well, and then we'd fall apart somewhere. We'd have this, and then we'd make a mistake. He thought that Saints game was as good as this defense has looked, and he said it felt as complete as what you expect a Ravens defense to be. And they helped the Saints to 243 yards of total offense. That's their lowest they've had all year. But Marlon Humphrey specifically, and it's true, if you look at it, All three levels of that defense seem to be playing really well right now. The defensive front is playing well. Justin Houston has just been incredible the last three games. Six and a half sacks in the last three games and an interception at New Orleans. He became the first player in Ravens history with multiple sacks in three straight games. Terrell Suggs never did it. Ray Lewis, no, no other defensive player ever did it to get multiple sacks in three straight games, but Justin Houston has just played like a guy 10 years younger for the last month or so. And you mentioned that, and the secondary is playing really well right now. They're moving Marlon Humphrey outside, inside. He said he likes to play inside. He can be more physical there. Kyle Hamilton, the first round rookie, you mentioned the mistakes early in the year. I think he was a big part of that, but he's been playing much better. And I think part of it is him getting more comfortable and everyone getting more comfortable with Mike McDonald's defense. And of course, Adding Roquan Smith adds to the heart of the defense. And I talked to Roquan Smith after practice yesterday, too, and you can just sense how happy he is to be here in an organization that has a legitimate chance to go far in the postseason, which he was not having in Chicago, and he knew it. And Marlon Humphrey said from day one, Roquan Smith has fit into the culture of this team from day one, and that was an interesting thing to hear Marlon Humphrey say. So I think Roquan Smith's just been a perfect addition for this team. It costs them something, and it will cost them a lot more to keep them after the season. And I asked him yesterday if he's even given any thought to you know next year or anything. He says, no, I'm worried about these games right now. That'll come later. It'll take care of itself. But I just, I'm just i struck by how happy he seems to be here and what a good fit he is here. And so I think that's such a big addition to this team. All right, here, let's, let's talk about this Ravens offense for a minute because I think in the last two games, 
We've seen what they want to be. They'll throw from time to time, and they didn't even have Mark Andrews at New Orleans because he was hurt, and he may or may not play this week at Carolina. He's still still dealing with knee and shoulder injuries. Uh, They didn't have Gus Edwards in that game against uh, New Orleans. He may or may not play this week as well. But this team has established itself what they want to be. They want to run the ball. They want to dominate on the ground. And then Lamar Jackson wants to hurt you through the air at times. And in that New Orleans game, I thought one of the best plays of the entire game was the touchdown pass that Lamar Jackson threw to Isaiah Likely. He's, Lamar Jackson set that up completely as a quarterback rollout run. He tucked the ball. He rolled to the right. He had run blockers in front of him. And you could see the New Orleans secondary completely bite on the run. And then he just pops the ball out from uh, cradling it and throws to a wide open Isaiah Likely for the touchdown. But they want to be a run team. And here's a statistic for you that uh, Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Sun, I'll give him credit. He's the one that pointed out to me. The Ravens have now rushed for 150 yards or more in eight straight games. That's the first time that's happened since the 1985 Chicago Bears. And the only teams in the NFL that have had at least 10 10 straight games with 150 rushing yards are the 1972 Miami Dolphins and the 1975 Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, both won the Super Bowl. Now, that was a year, that was a time when running was so much more dominant than it is now. Mm -hmm. But what do you think the key has been to this team being able to pile up the yardage? Because it hasn't always been the same backs. They've used five different running backs. What's the key to you in terms of all the success they've had on the ground? I think it's like that Roy Jones song, you know, y'all must have forgot, you know. And Baltimore have always been a running team. They got stellar running backs. Unfortunately, last season they was hurt and everybody just kind of forgot how good the Ravens were. Lamar Jackson got hurt. You know, your entire running back core got hurt. Uh, All your offensive linemen got hurt. Everything you need, the nucleus of your team that you need in order to make, in order to be able to be a great running team, they were all injured and out of the out, out of the football business for a while. In saying that, Bo, we got everybody back. They're coming back one week at a time. We just starting to load guys back up and we're starting to get healthy and when we started to get healthy, everybody started to remember just how scary the Baltimore Ravens really, really are as a team. 150 yards per game rushing is an enormous feat, especially in today's time. Mm-hmm. In today's time, everybody wants to drop back, throw the ball. Nobody wants to run the ball. Nobody wants to play you know, ground and pound anymore because there's penalties all over the freaking field for unnecessary roughness, and every single hit is illegal. Everybody's getting kicked out of the game. You, you don't know if you should go and drop a hat on somebody, drop a wood on somebody, drop a shoulder pad on somebody because you don't know what's going to happen you know so nowadays you know most people are dropping back throwing it everybody got elite quarterbacks this is probably the year of the most elite quarterbacks i think i've ever seen it's like everybody got a good quarterback this year you know and they're coming out of the woodworks you know so it's it's so crazy to see how how the league has transformed a big part of our rushing attack of course is our quarterback Mm -hmm. you know he's phenomenal when you have to respect him pulling the ball on every single run you know, that's that's a scary feat. You know, it's like it's like playing against the triple option, you know, in the NFL almost, you know, like in a triple option in high school and college football. Nobody knows where the ball is. And, you know, so to see it on this level, you know, it's not the triple option. We're running a, a form of a spread offense, you know, here, but it is a, a RPO offense, mm-hmm. you know, run pass option, which is the equivalent to the closest thing you're probably going to ever get to a triple option on the NFL level. And I just think we're doing such a phenomenal job of um Lamar does a great job with his fakes. He does a great job with pulling it when he needs to pull it and reading those those back 
Rutgers and stuff. And and early on in the season, you saw it early on, Bo, quite a bit. We talked about it, I think, the first couple of games where people felt like they just needed to key on Lamar so he never had a chance to pull the ball because the running backs weren't that much of a threat. But as soon as we started to get Gus Edwards back, Justice Hill back, you know, um, Dobbins back, our key guys, all of a sudden people got a key on the running backs. And now he could pull the ball a lot more. And now that when he pulls it, it's wide open. When he gives it, it's wide open because they don't know who to key on. And that's that that's a huge difference for us right now. Um having having great tight ends like Isaiah Likely, you know, Mark Andrews. So we got I feel like we got a crew of great tight ends right now, Nick Boyle included. You know, let's not forget about the old guy that's been there for a mm-hmm. while, that's mm-hmm. paved the way for all these young bucks that are showing up to play well for us right now. And then, you know, the wide the wide receivers. You know, people have almost forgotten to speak about the wideouts because they've done such a phenomenal job. You know, the whole offseason is like, oh, my God, we need wideouts. We need just give the young guys some time. They're going to come around. And that passing game has opened up a lot of stuff for the run game as well. You know, so I just think we've done a phenomenal job in the scouting department. You know, that's why I think I decided to go in the scouting department when I went to Baltimore because I knew how phenomenal George Ortiz and company was and George Cocaine is up there in the top. Those guys do a great job of recruiting, and we got we're we're stacked across the board. Our backups are really really good. Our third screen guys are really really good, and the guys on the practice squad that you haven't even seen play yet, you know, just just keep an eye out for those guys in the years to come, man. But I just really feel like Baltimore has put together a pretty elite team, and the pickup of Roquan Smith through this um through this this trade deadline was just you're talking about a big time move by Eric DaCosta and company, man, you talking about, you think their brains is not consistently working. And I don't think you can go find a better player than what he found for the trade deadline by bringing in Roquan Smith. You talk about that running game and I, your point, your point is well made. I mean, they, they've had to shuffle running backs one after another and they did last year mm-hmm. too, but Kenyon Drake got off to a slow start this year, but he's looked terrific three or four I games. Him. I mean, he's looked really, really good and he's fit in well. And much like playing, look, I worked at Navy. I know how teams had to, how teams struggled to face Navy's triple option. If you only have a week to prepare for a team like the Ravens, who run this kind of RPO, and there are other teams doing some of the RPO stuff, but not quite like what the Ravens do. And and you've got Devin Duvernay on jet sweeps coming along as well. And remember, that's all part of it because some of Lamar Jackson's long runs this year, including the long touchdown he had, come because. It's a fake to Duvernay on the sweep, and the defense gets leaned the wrong way, and that's all Jackson needs. But I remember when they played the Los Angeles Rams a few years ago in 2019, and uh, Eric Weddle was on the Rams that year, and the Ravens went out to the Rams and just destroyed them. And Eric Weddle, who was a really, really smart football player said and had been with the Ravens, said after that game, we had no idea who had the ball at the point of attack. You have no idea because Jackson is so good at selling that RPO fake. And now when you have running backs that can run it effectively, you have a wide receiver who you can bring on a jet sweep effectively, and you have Lamar Jackson, and he's going to sell either the keep or the fake or the give. And a moment of hesitation for the defense is all it takes, especially when you have an offensive line that is blocking really well right now. I'll give Ronnie Stanley a lot of credit. You know, Ronnie Stanley, he missed that whole year. He missed a half year before that. He was slow to come back this year, and he was getting ripped in this town. Like, come on, Stanley, get back on the field. They got the big contract. He wasn't playing, and he was getting criticized for not being out on the field earlier than he got here. He said, I'll be out here when I'm, when I'm ready. And he has been playing at a Pro Bowl level for the last three or four weeks since he got back. And Tyler Linderbaum, the rookie center, is looking very much the part. The whole offensive line is looking good. 
And as you mentioned, the tight ends are blocking. Well, Josh Oliver, we never even mentioned him. He's turned into a really good blocking tight end for this team. So all of those things, all of those things turn this running game to a really high-efficiency machine. And this is who they want to be. I mean, they made it very clear when they didn't trade for a wide receiver, when they didn't draft a wide receiver, when they signed, they didn't use high, high dollars to sign a big-time free agent wide receiver, that they felt good with the wide receivers they have, but we are going to be a team that wins on the ground. That's what they want to be. It's, been, it's what they've wanted to be since they got Lamar Jackson, and it's working. So as I said, eight consecutive games with 150 yards on the ground. And if they get a lead, it's starting to feel like that 2019 team where if they get a lead in the second half, forget it, because you're not going to get the ball back enough times to come back because they're going to mm-hmm. hold the ball for seven or eight minutes, and you'll be lucky if you touch the ball three more times. So this is who they want to be, and it's working. Three straight wins, and now they're 6-3. and three. And they will host the Carolina Panthers in their first game after the bye. As I said, Lamar Jackson's team, or uh, John Harbaugh's teams, are 11-3 and three coming out of the bye in his career. They're a 12-point favorite facing the Carolina Panthers. We're going to be back and take a closer look at the Panthers after this from ButcherBox. All right, the Carolina Panthers come in. You know, they, as you mentioned, uh, Daniel Wilcox, they traded Christian McCaffrey. It's clearly a team that's in rebuilding mode right now, three and seven coming into the game. They've made another quarterback change, and part of it was an injury to P.J. Walker. He has an ankle sprain. So back at quarterback comes our old friend Baker Mayfield, the former Cleveland Brown. The Ravens have seen plenty of Baker Mayfield over the years. But before we get to that, I want to ask you something as a, from a player's point of view. The Ravens are a 12-point favorite this week. They're the biggest favorite on the board in the, in the NFL. One, do players pay any attention to that kind of thing? And two, how do you guard against a letdown if you know that you know we are a heavy, heavy favorite to win this game at home? You know what, Bo? I lie if I tell you we didn't pay attention to. We pay attention to every freaking thing. We're, we're social media crazy right now. We're, you know, we're watching the newspaper articles. We're watching the ESPN stuff that comes out. Somebody's on the team's watching it. You know, if nobody's trying to watch it, somebody's watching it. It's going to be a conversation. It's going to be plenty of locker room talk, talk about 12, we're 12 point favors this week. But you know, you cannot lay down against any team in this league. We know who, 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 who Carolina Panthers have on their team. We know all the players. We played against them in college, you know, so we know exactly how good these guys are. We're not coming into this game, you know, thinking that we're going to just run all over these guys. But we are coming to this game trying to put as many points up as we possibly can. We know they got Baker Mayfield. We know he's going to start against us. And we know that he's 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 done damage in the past, you know, when he was in Cleveland with us. You know, so we're going to do everything we can to prevent that from happening. And then not only that, but we're going to play our best game um, this week since we've had a break. We're going to come back in, you know, energized, steamrolling, ready to, to really put a hurting on Carolina. Carolina's definitely going to bring their best game. Everybody brings their best game against Baltimore. The coaches seem to perk up a little bit more and they seem to want to, you know, make a name for themselves when they play the Ravens. So they're going to have a great game plan on their side of the ball. You know, but I know we're going to do a phenomenal job with our coaching staff in Baltimore and our players are going to be ready for this game. I think we're going to do some damage this week. Baker Mayfield has played the Ravens eight times in his career. He is three and five against the Ravens, 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Marlon Humphrey said yesterday, look, he can still sling it. And Marlon Humphrey said, I've, he's gotten me before. And if I'm not ready, he can do some damage. Now, of course, it's a totally different group of receivers, different, totally different personnel than when he was with Cleveland. 
And yeah. we and and Humphrey said, and I agreed with him. He said, "Look, we we thought it was going to be Baker Mayfield against Lamar Jackson in the, in the AFC North for years, and of course things change, and Mayfield leaves Cleveland, but now they face him again in Carolina. What do you think they need to worry most about with Baker Mayfield? Um, to me, Baker just has a, a innate ability to try to escape the pocket and extend plays, and you know, he to me he has that Ben Roethlisberger feel, that old Pittsburgh type feel." where he can extend the play a little bit and get the ball downfield to receivers. So I, I think we'll do a great job of containing him, but I just think when we don't contain him and he does get outside the pocket and he scrambles a little bit and to be able to throw the ball on the run, he can definitely hurt us in those situations if the DBs go to sleep a little bit or if they think that he's sacked and he pops out and he still has a chance. They t- and they stop running for one second and those receivers get behind him. Um, I think he can definitely hurt you there. I don't really feel... I don't really feel like he could hurt us with his legs as much as Lamar can, but I feel like he definitely can extend plays and give those receivers time to get downfield. His arm is his most dangerous aspect. And um, it used to be his, his, his sense of pocket awareness. And I feel like a lot of that stuff has kind of been damaged, you know, with confidence, you know, last, over the last year or so. I feel like he's lost a little bit of his confidence and he got to try to figure out a way to get it back. He know going in against Baltimore that this is going to be a tough game and he know how the Ravens play. So he know the Ravens are going to be humming, buzzing, coming out them every single play. He know if we get up by a touchdown or two, we're going to pin our ears back and it's going to be a long day for him. So he's going to do everything he can to prevent that from happening early. Early on, he's going to definitely try to get points on the board early to try to make this game somewhere a fair game. Their center right now is Bradley Bozeman, the former Raven who's who's moved into the starting center job in Carolina. So, of course, he'll be part of the pass protection scheme. They've got a good running back in Donta Freeman, even after McCaffrey left. They're, they're piling up some rushing hearts behind Freeman. And, of course, their top receiver is DJ Moore, the former Maryland Terrapin, who a lot of people in this town were hoping would land in Baltimore. He's still doing well in uh, Carolina, and he's a guy that the Ravens know they have to be mindful of on every single play. Uh, we talked about the injuries. We don't know yet if, Mar- if Mark Andrews will play or Gus Edwards will play. Those things will bear watching. Both practice limited earlier this week. That's something to watch on the offensive side. The Carolina defense, they're ranked 25th against the run. They give up rushing yards, and so this looks like a game the Ravens are going to be able to establish the run. Uh, Burns off the edge has seven sacks for them, but I just think if the Ravens can impose their will on the ground, this might be one of those games where Lamar Jackson just throws 15 passes because they don't need to. I don't If they can run the ball 200 yards, if they can get the go- ball ground game going, I think they will keep the ground game going. The weather shouldn't be an issue. It's supposed to be dry and cold, so it's a good day to be able to run. I just see a ball control kind of game if the Ravens establish how they want to play. All right, prediction time. Daniel Wilcox, the Ravens and Carolina. M&T Bank Stadium on Sunday. Give me your final score. I suck at this, Bo. I haven't <laughs> been great at this. I know. I think I'm going for the Ravens 100% for the win. I'm going to kind of stick to where I'm at because they've yet to kind of put 35 points on the board, and I think this is the week that's going to happen because I think the offense is starting to roll a little bit again, and they're starting to get really healthy. I think we're healthy – with healthy guys, you know, you get guys that play with more confidence. And I think Lamar is going to be playing at a very high level this weekend. You know, so I'm going to go 35, let's say 35, 38 to 17. 38-17. I mean, I'm with you. I, you know, I think sometimes people worry about a letdown when you're the big favorite. I don't see it this week. I think just these saving, the Ravens are the better team in every single aspect. Mm-hmm. I've generally been conservative here and gone with close games. I'm not doing this week. I have the Ravens winning 34-16. to 16. 
I just think they're going to be able to control the game. I think they're going to control the clock, and I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to be able to score enough or stop the Ravens. Now, can the Ravens, they will be favored probably in every game the rest of the year uh, up until at least the regular season finale against Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. It's a schedule that's very favorable for them. Next week, they go to Jacksonville, and that's the one, if there's going to be a goofy trip up, they laid an egg in Jacksonville several years ago. They got blown out by Jacksonville in London. Uh, It's different players, different coaches, I get it, but Jacksonville just seems to be a thing that is a problem for the Ravens. So that one I'm not sure about. This one, I've got the Ravens winning pretty convincingly. They're coming off the bye. They're rested. As you said, they're kind of refreshed. Everyone in the building looked kind of to have just a little more jump at practice and in the locker room Mm -hmm. talking to people. They're just glad to be back, like you said, and they've won three in a row. They're feeling good about where they are. You've got 35 or 38 to 17, you said, uh, a big Ravens win. I've got 34 to 16 Ravens. I think if it's a close game, it would be a surprise. And if, if they were to somehow lose the game, it would be a, I, it would be a shock. I, I just don't see that happening. So I've got yeah. the Ravens 34 to 16. All right, a little housekeeping here. Next week, we are not going to have a Believe in the Ravens podcast because I'm headed to Mexico to see my son, who is a junior <laughs> study abroad student at Notre Dame. So I'm actually going to miss the Carolina game, and then I will be back just in time for that Jacksonville game. And so we will be back with another episode after that Jacksonville game, which is why I'm, I'm putting it on record now. I think that game's going to be more of a struggle than people think. But it will be Carolina and the Ravens this week from m Bank Stadium. For former Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox, this is Bo Smolka on the Believe in the Ravens podcast presented by Bet Online. <laughs>